it to Alan to be that awesome that I quote Amazing Grace and he has it ready to play during the uh, during the offering. So I haven't been staticky all day until I get up here to start speaking, and now I'm starting to get staticky. Gotta love it. How are we doing? There we go. Maybe I can't move. This is gonna be a tough one. All right. So, um, this is gonna get really annoying really fast. Uh, let's pray. Dear Lord, I just want to ask that you take the buzz away. That you help us um, to focus on you. I ask that today your word be glorified and your message be reached in your glorious and precious name. Amen. All right. So Jeff is gone. You guys know that. Obviously, I'm not him. He's better looking than I am. So um, I, I started thinking, and how many of you guys know what's happening on Thursday? Okay, the women know it's the women's thing happening on Thursday. Man, what's happening on Thursday? The NFL draft, right? It's one of those things where the women know about the women's event, the men know about football. So <laughs> it made me laugh while DJ was giving the announcements because I got to actually watch somebody else do it Well, well. And it's not as easy when you have to give a women's thing because we don't know what's going on because we're not women. So we're like, check your bulletin. It's in there, you know. It'll be fun. But the NFL draft is happening, and there's lots of things that happen in the NFL draft, and mainly they're drafting players to go up and play. And I, I like watching the NFL draft. I usually hate watching what the Broncos do in the NFL draft, but I like watching the NFL draft. And because... You guys know I'm a coach. I like to coach Little League football and stuff. And and so it makes me always think, and when you start to see the players that are going to be backing up the main players, because nine times out of ten, the team that wins the Super Bowl is the team that has the better backups. Because inevitably, somebody's going to get hurt. Inevitably, somebody's going to have to take that next step up and be the guy. Today, I get to be the guy. And I'm not saying Jeff got hurt. I'm not saying anything of that nature. But I get to stand up here and speak. And so it's been kind of on my heart and on my head. And so today I I labeled my message the pup list. And for if you guys know what that is, it's the players unable to perform list. Um, It has nothing to do with that. It's just my three points are PUP. So it's just one of those things. So I call it the pup list. But it got me thinking. It got me thinking about how when I teach football, one of the things I teach my little kids, and I've taught, I haven't taught the little third graders because I'm not that patient, but I've taught the fourth graders all the way up through the eighth graders. And the first thing I always tell them is if they don't know something, don't fake it. Raise your hand and ask. There's, there's one kid, and, and this is one of my all-time favorite stories that I've, that I've always had coaching I've coached a long time. I saw one of my old players, in fact, at Subway the other day. And he's like, I told him, I was like, this is the first year that I'm probably not going to coach. And it's funny because I told somebody, I'm done coaching. I'm done. And then about a month later, I was talking to him, and I was like, I might want to coach again. And they're like, I thought you said you were done. I was like, I know, but it's been a part of my life since for so long. Since 1998, I've been coaching. And so, but, and this is one of my all-time favorite stories because this kid just wasn't getting it. And so I couldn't play him a lot because he just wasn't understanding. It wasn't. And so about midway through the season, I stopped practices altogether. And I'm like, all right, we're done for today. 
and I stuck this one kid in there. And I just started running play after play after play with him and explaining it after every single play. I was like, all right, here's what you do. Here's why we call it why we, what we call it, what we do, what we do. This is how you do it. And all of a sudden, about halfway through that practice, you saw it was like figuratively the light bulb went off. It was like, boom. He's like, I get it. So we call it this because you do this and you go through here. And I was like, yes. And he's like, so if you call this play, it would be me going through here. If you call that play, it would be him going there. And I was like, yeah. And all of a sudden you saw that understanding happen. He didn't know, so he asked. And I always say that. Ask. I will never yell at you if you don't know something and ask. Because I want you to know. And then once you know, once you understand, once you have that, you can go out and you can perform the way that you're supposed to. You can do what you're called to do. And so as a coach, that's what I'm always trying to strive to get across. And, you know, it's funny because the first week of practice, I always tell everybody, and I have a big old thick, big thick playbook. And I'm like, here's my playbook. I was like, I run well over 150 plays. I was like, now this is the only copy of it. You don't get it. You've got to be here and you've got to understand and you've got to know. That way you can participate and you can start to learn what's happening. Now the secret is, is it's blank. There's, no, there's actually nothing in there except for the formations. Because a lot of times, especially in life, Plays don't go how they're designed to go. You have to improvise. You have to set yourself up to where you can have success, and then the success determines off of that. Well, we've been going through the book of Ephesians, and Jeff wanted me to to pick up where he had left off last time. And so today we're going to look at how the power of prayer, the understanding, and Christ, we're going to look at those three things, the power of Christ, so that we can live lives which God has laid out before us. So as we're going to be taking this, I want us to be thinking about those little aspects. The power of prayer, understanding, and then the power of Christ. And we're going to be looking in Ephesians. So how many of you guys brought your Bibles? I did. And I even have mine bookmarked where we're supposed to go. If you have my Bible, it's on page 128, but um, you don't. But um, I'm reading from the New King James Version, and so we're just going to start. It's in verse one, chapter 1, verse 15. It says, Therefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. The eyes of your, under, of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope that he, of his calling. What are the riches of the, glory, of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? And what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ Jesus when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly places? Far above all principalities and power, and might and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. And he put all things under his feet, and gave him to be head over all things to the church, 
which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Let's pray. Dear Lord, I just ask that as we start to dissect this passage which you've given us, that you give us understanding. You let us know what you're trying to put across so that we can understand and have power as we start to live the way that you have called us. Just join us and meet us here today in your glorious and precious name. Amen. So the first thing we're going to look at is, and I have my slides up here, is prayer. And prayer is essential. And that's one of the reasons why we've started a new prayer ministry here at Connections Church. It's because this is the first thing we need to start at. And when we're looking at this passage, we're looking, the first point we're really going to look at it is, we find it in verse 15 and 16. It says, Therefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention to you in my prayers. Well, the first thing we need to look at is the word therefore. One thing I was always taught is you want to start defining words, and the definition of the word therefore is why is it there for? And so you want to look and see why that word is there. And why it's there is the previous verses. You want to look back. And in verses 13 and 14 it says, In Him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of His glory. Why is it therefore? Because they have stated that they are now bought with a price, purchased, signed, sealed, and delivered. They are Christians. They are following Christ. And this is who they are stating, saying that they are. Application. How many of us in here are stating, saying, and presenting themselves as Christians to the outside world? This letter and it might not be written to us, but we can apply it to us. What's it there for? It's there for because we can look back and say, this has application to us. So that's what we're looking back for. We are Christ's. That's the first thing we look at. The second thing is faith. Because Paul talks about it. He says, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus, faith. What is faith? Faith is not, there was an Indiana Jones marathon on last yesterday. How many of you guys watched that? It was, it's, you know, the, the classic, you know, la, the last crusade when he's like, it's a leap of faith and he goes to step off and there's a bridge that you can't see. It's not really that. Faith is not moving forward. In fact, faith is moving up. Faith is removing our dependence on the horizontal in the world, and faith is saying, I am going to believe in Christ and what He's done, and I'm going to follow Him as King, as Lord. There's a reason why the Bible states Him as King of kings and Lord of lords. Our faith is in who? It is in Him. The faith is upwards. But He also noticed, He said, after I've heard of your faith in the Lord of Jesus Christ, so not only are they, you know, do they have it, 
but it's coming to a point where now people are starting to talk about it. So he's heard about that, but he's also heard about his love for others. And love is now not, not for up, not for Christ, because when you have faith, that means you're going to have love. When he's talking about the love, the love is outward. Whoa. This is hard for us as Christians a lot of times. We get stuck on the faith, the, the focusing on God and the following where he wants us to go, the raising of the hands, the coming, the what's God going to do for me lately type thing. And we hinder on the fact that he's calling us to step out now. Our love for others. But it's not just because we're saying we have love for others. It's because he has heard of our faith. And he has heard of our love for others. Wow. I want a challenge. That challenges me. How many people have heard of my faith in Jesus Christ from others, not from me, but from others? How many people am I living my faith up and out, grow and go, right? There's a reason why we have that. Are we living that to a point where we don't have to say it to other people, but other people are talking about us because of it? Sometimes it's time to do that. It's time to step up and step out. And when people start knowing about that, when people start having that, guess what? Now all of a sudden, saints that are around us, they start praying for us. Because we're in over our heads, right? How many of you guys have a hard time stepping out because you're in over your head? It's funny, this, this message that I was preaching, Jeff, Jeff makes me laugh a lot of times, and I love Jeff. I love Jeff immensely. And it's funny because we're so similar in personality that he, he has sometimes shared with me, he's like, you're me like 20 years earlier. I was like 20, it'd be more like 30. But um, he's, like, he's like, you're me younger, and I'm you older. And so, like, we're learning a lot from each other. And it's a lot of fun for me to have that and to understand that and to know it. I have to understand. I have to learn. And I was nervous because he's, he's been doing the verses and he's been doing the preaching and, and his verses are little. And he gives me a big section to talk about. And he's like, here you go. Go have fun. And I was like, I can make this three sermons and I have to make it one. And we're talking about prayer right now. And I was nervous. I don't get nervous a lot of times. You know, some people will comment to that. And, and I make jokes. And, and just so that you guys understand, I, I don't like to be too serious too long. And, so, and I actually made a joke to somebody last week. And I feel bad because they're not here this week. Because they're like, what can we pray for you about? And I was like, well, pray that, that I get my message done because I haven't even started it yet. And, and so all of a sudden I'm finding out that, oh my goodness, he hasn't even started it yet. And I was like, no, I, I've started it. I was cracking a joke that, you know, I haven't started typing it yet. But, I've, you know, I've been looking into it. I've been doing it. I've been doing my research on it. But I like that he gave me this. 
because it challenged me. It made me nervous to where I'm standing up here. And now that I was nervous, I was able to ask for some prayer. And it was great because I got to join the prayer group and they were praying. And, and I got to pray with somebody else. And, and they were praying over me to take away my nerves and, and being glad that I was nervous. Because now, guess what? I'm not relying on myself. But we're able to come for prayer. Because guess what? We get in over our heads. We don't understand fully what we're in. We find that later in Ephesians. That guess what? You don't know. You say that we understand. So you ask the question. You ask for prayer. I tell my kids, if you don't know what's going on, you raise your hand. Paul says, not only do you raise your hand, but we need to start raising our hand for other people. And praying for them as well. Because it states in here, I do not give or I do not cease to give thanks of you, making mention of you in my prayers. Because that's number D. I had a math teacher. I loved him. He always called the numbers letters and the letters numbers. But letter D, he said, always. I'm always praying for you. I'm never ceasing to make mention of you. few things I want to point out. When Paul says that, I am never ceasing to mention you. How many of our prayer times are, God, I need this. God, give me that. God, I, I, I. And it could be good things. I want understanding. I want to know what your path is for me. I want to know what's happening. But it's still... I focused. Some of the best prayer times I've personally had are when I focus on other people. And it's amazing when I'm focusing on other people how God answers the needs and the desires and the wants that I have. He starts giving me understanding. He starts giving me the knowledge that I'm seeking through the other people. Paul says, always am I making mention of you in my prayers. Paul prayed. I know that's a long go around right there. But it's understanding what prayer actually is. Prayer is not God being some genie that we use Him where there's a lamp and we walk up and we rub the lamp and he pops out and he says, what can I get you? Twink. You know, that doesn't happen. God wants to journey with us. God wants to be with us. And prayer is important. Because prayer leads to understanding. Which is the next point in our pup list. Understanding. We're going to be looking at verses 17 through 18. And it says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling. What the riches of his glory of his inheritance in the saints. understanding. This is what we all want, right? 
This is what we're all striving for. This is what we all long to have. You've all heard knowledge is power. We want power, but it's not for the right things. We just want to know for us. We want our understanding. Well, we're going to look at three ways that we can have understanding that we're finding right here. And the first one that we get to know understanding, that we can have understanding, that we can understand understanding is to A, know God. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. How do you understand stuff? You know God. Why do bad things happen in the world? Know God and you can start to understand stuff. Why did my mom and dad get divorced? Know God. You might be able to understand it a little bit more. Does it make it hurt less? No. But you can understand it more. You know Him. In knowing Him, He gives you joy. He gives you peace. He gives you understanding. We want the joy and the peace, and we think the understanding will bring us joy and peace. No, it doesn't say that. He says He'll give us joy, He'll give us peace, and through that we'll have understanding. If you want to understand what you're supposed to do, you know Him. As a coach, I need my players to understand what I want to do. If my players think that every play I want to go out there and just throw a Hail Mary and score a touchdown, they don't know me. There's times for that. There's also times to run the ball up the middle, to take some time off the clock. There's also times to go out and take a knee, which, by the way, the other teams don't like it when you take a knee. It's just they they want to keep playing, and I just love doing it because then the parents start yelling at me like, come on, let's play. And I'm like, I am. I've earned the right to take a knee. I'm doing it. It's merciful for you. Understand that, you know. But they need to know what the coach wants. They need to know that when we're at practice, I expect them to practice. I was talking with my friend. We were laughing because one of the kids on my football team a couple years ago was whining that it was cold. I was like, well, if you're that cold, there's your dad's car. Go sit in the car with him. He's like, okay. Took off his helmet and went in and sat in the car. And then wondered why I didn't play him. You need to understand the coach, what he wants. You need to know him. And once you start knowing him, you understand kind of where he's going. You need to know his calling for you. Once you understand who God is, you can start to understand what he wants from you. He's given us all a calling. He's saying, I have a purpose for you. I have a job for you. And once you know Him, you can start to know what He is calling you to do. What purpose He has for you. What job He has for you. And you know what? It might be a door greeter at Walmart. That might be your calling. But if you know God, and you know what His plan is for you, you will not find more joy or more peace or more understanding than being that door greeter at Walmart. 
He might be calling you to be a pastor. That's what I believe my calling is, is being a pastor, being a teacher, being a youth pastor, more specific. And guess what? That's not an easy job. It's actually a thankless job. Now, I love you guys because you guys thank me a lot and it's a lot of fun. But you're called for more. You need to understand. Do you know how many times on a daily basis I get asked to explain the Bible to people? And a lot of times people don't like the words, I don't know. Let's look in there. I'll I'll, I'll research it and get back to you. They don't like that. They want to know now. And it's like, well, I haven't been studying that section. Let me let me give me a week and I'll come back to you. You know, we'll get to it. A lot of times people don't understand that you're human. When I stub my toe, I get mad. I go, I get, I ground. When I'm underneath a sink trying to change a, a, a faucet out, and how many of you guys have done this, and all the teeth break break away on it. And so you end up having to screw screws up in there to where you can try and get something and you're under like a 15 minute job turns into like a two and a half hour excursion. You get cranky. Not to mention you're laying on your back getting dripped on. You get cranky. We're human too. But we have calling. And I'll tell you what. I have no more peace, no more joy, no more understanding than when I am reading God's Word and trying to teach it to people. Our small group, I feel sorry for our small group because they have me in it. Because the rest of the small group doesn't get to talk. It's, it's mainly they get a second message time of me up there just speaking. Because I love doing it. But I know His calling for me. If you are wondering, if, if you guys are sitting here and you're like, I don't know God's calling on my life. My question is, how well do you know God at this point? No, it could be He hasn't shown you yet. That is a very, well, very good possibility. But it could be that you don't know Him well enough to understand the calling that He has on your life yet. The other way we find understanding is to know His future that he has for us his inheritance for us we read this in chapter uh, or in verse 18 and it says the hope of his calling what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints you understand our future now i've shared this i i'm dyslexic if you i feel it today reading such a lot here like i feel myself stumbling over words i'm dyslexic it's hard for me to read so when I read books, it's a lot easier if I know how it ends. So I'll usually read the last chapter first. And then you, and then I don't read a lot of in-between. You kind of piece it in your own mind and stuff. And you're like, oh, hey, this is how it happened. Where did you read that? I didn't read the book. I read the end. And then I read the beginning and I made up the rest. <laughs> Knowing the end helps us at times. Knowing the end, even when you're going through a tough time and you need understanding and Things aren't going right. You got fired. You got laid off. Your company went out of business. Times are tough. Knowing what happens in the end. Knowing what our inheritance is. What is our inheritance? An everlasting future. And it's funny because everybody's like, it's never ending. It's infinity. It's not infinity because there's no time. 
when we're in heaven, time doesn't exist. So it's not in eternity. It is just always. We will always be with God in heaven. Well, will this person be there? It won't matter. We're with God. Will this person be there? It won't matter. We'll be with God. Our inheritance is God. And we're not just talking about God in, of Egypt, God of Greece, God of Rome. We're not talking about Zeus. We're not talking about Jupiter. We're not talking about Ra. We're not talking about all these other gods. That it's funny, I watched a movie, Clash of the Titans, last night, and, and we were watching it, and I love Greek mythology, and it's fun, and it's weird, but it's fun. And, and, but the gods were so underwhelming. We're talking about the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. And this is something I've been studying, it's just the names of God. The King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. There is nothing before. There will be nothing after. There's nothing in between that can rival, match, or be understanding to who He is. And He wants a relationship with us. And because of our inheritance and who we were purchased by and know who He is and His calling on our life... Our future is Him. That's understanding. That's knowing what will happen. Once we know to ask the questions, to go to Him, to pray, once we understand who He is, now all of a sudden we can start to play. I love the Allen Iverson quote from, I don't know, it's been a decade or so now, where he's like, practice? You're talking about practice. Who cares about practice? Everybody who knows anything cares about practice. Because practice, knowing, understanding, asking the questions, gives you the ability to show up and the power to be what you're supposed to be. And if we want power, if we want to understand it, we need to know who we need to go to and understand who He is and then understand what our power can be. And we read that in verses 19 through 23. And, it's, and what is the exceeding greatness of His power towards us who believe according to the working of His mighty power, which He worked in Christ when He raised Him from the dead and seated Him at His right hand in the heavenly places. Far above all principalities, all powers and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. First point of power is this. It's Christ's power. Not ours. Thank God. It's Christ's power. And how do we know that Christ has power? Because He has been raised from the dead. 
Think about that. When we thought when we just went through Easter, Christ died on the cross for our sins. That was amazing. That was great. We love that aspect. But we stop there and we say, oh, he raised from the dead. But we don't fully understand what that meant, him rising from the dead. What did that mean? He has power. He is who he says that he is. He told us that he would. And because of who he is, sin, death could not hold him anymore. And he raised. And so now when we come to him, when we are under his banner, when we are wearing his colors, we are now playing and understanding in his power. It's Christ. We have power because of Christ's position. What is Christ's position? He's above everything. He's over principalities. He's over powers. He's over all these other names that people cry out to. President Obama. A good president. President Reagan. He's over the sheriff, Peyton Manning, that people live their lives through. He's over Bill Belichick, which it hates, it pains for me to say this, probably the best coach of all time in NFL history. All these, he's over money. All these other things that we want to put power to. That we want to say, if we have that, we can do this. He's over it. He raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principalities and power and might and dominion in every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. He put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church. He is our head. We have power because of who he is. We have power because of where he's positioned. And we have power because of his authority over it. A lot of times we don't like to give him that authority that he so rightfully deserves. Because we want to at least have some say in it. We want to be able to say, I'm not a complete and absolute failure. But here's the kicker. We have to be a complete and absolute failure. So that God can shine in us. Because when we remove us from the equation and let God fill us and be us and we are in His power and His authority and who He is, then He can work. He can do mighty things through us because we don't get in the way. That's His power. His purpose is prayer, understanding, and power. This is what we want. We want to be able to come to Him. We want to understand. We want power. But here's my challenge. How many of us want it on our terms? 
We want our, our prayers are eye-centered, eye-centric, eye-focused. It's me, me, me. The example given is Paul says, I'm praying for you and you and you. Our understanding is, I want to know what I have to do so that I can do it. Instead of understanding who God is. Understanding what He's done and understanding what He wants from us. And our power, we want to come out of our hands. Out of our arms and our legs. When our power needs to come through Christ in Him. I challenge you this week. Look into that. Pray for somebody else without ceasing in your prayers. Understanding who Christ is. What He's done. And knowing the power that is Him. And as I have DJ and Chris come back up here, I want you guys to bend your knee to Christ's authority. I want you guys to yield to His position. And then be astonished from the power that He places in you. Let's pray. Dear Lord, I just want to thank You. Thank You for all that You've done. And I ask that as we look back and as we try to understand and we have questions and we we want to work, God, allow us to focus on You. And then we can know all that You've placed before us. Show us in prayer. Give us understanding. And amaze us by your power. In your glorious and precious name. Amen. Let's stand one more time. Your love, oh Lord, reaches to the heavens. Your faithfulness stretches to the sky. Your righteousness is like the mighty mountain. Yeah. Your justice flows like the ocean's tide my voice and I will lift my Your righteousness 
Next week, you get me again. And again, we just want to ready you for that. It's going to be youth-based. We actually have a youth band coming in. They're going to be playing more upbeat songs. However, we're going to have also a hymn mixed in there for everybody else too. We've heard it, and I love the hymns as well. So We encourage you, invite your friends. Get them out here. We're going to have the youth be part of the service with us as well. So with that, I ask and I pray. I pray for Connections Church, each and every one of you, that God will give us understanding. Understanding that we can't comprehend, that we don't know, that can't come from anywhere but Him. I pray that as He does this, He shows us His power. God, we ask that you show up and that you show off. In your glorious and precious name, amen.